Hey, Voices in Japan podcast with Ben and Burke. On this episode, we talk about zoos in Japan, aquariums in Japan, pets in Japan, and many other topics related to animals in Japan. We talk about some of the upsetting things about those topics, but we also talk about some of the efforts towards improvements that are being made by some of those businesses, especially the Mariyama Zoo here in Sapporo. Uh, we should probably throw out a disclaimer right up front that neither Ben nor I is an expert on zoos, aquariums, or animals. In short, we don't know what we're talking about. And our home countries probably aren't doing things much better than Japan is. We're just giving our opinion based on what we've seen here in Japan and also based on what we've heard talking with Japanese people. We would like to talk with someone who is an expert though, so if you know somebody, please send us an email at voicesinjapan at gmail.com. Alright, on with the show. How did you uh, finish off your Obon week? My Obon week? We didn't do much, actually, because uh, the missus, she goes back to work tomorrow, I guess, like most people anyway, but she had like two weeks off. I still have, I don't know, a month off or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we went out to dinner. We used our coupons from the Go-To Travel campaign. Oh, that's right. You guys received some of those because you went to the onsen. Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, we received nine thousand yen worth of vouchers, and we went to a fancyish Italian restaurant in Sapporo called Orizonte. Have you heard of it before? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you been there? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's a couple of them. Is there? There used to be a couple. They they used to have another one, uh, which was a bit higher up kind of on like the 10th floor which was a fancier version of the the original one and the original one is on the ground level but they only have that that one now so yeah i think the the owner used to is from a family quite a rich family i think they made like uh futons or something they were famous for that oh really um and so he kind of branched out and opened up these restaurants but the the fancier one wasn't so successful so i think that closed like a few years ago uh, but yeah it was all right like it wasn't as good as i thought it was going to be like you know had we had pizza and pasta and salad and some steak um but yeah i mean i've always been the kind of person that if there's anything you can make at home i don't really want to pay money for and pasta is one of those things uh, like how good can you make pasta really yeah you know, like that's worth paying a thousand yen for yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> i guess because i think i could make just as good pasta at home i don't know i don't know how much different it could be well i think technically they're supposed to be using like good quality noodles things like that that should be making a slight difference but yeah if you have all the ingredients to make the sauce i guess you probably should be able to make the same dish yeah like a like a basic spaghetti sauce if you can do that at home I don't see the point of going into a restaurant and paying a thousand yen for that. So I'm going to guess that you did not choose the restaurant? No. <laughs> <laughs> I never usually do, actually. <laughs> That's how it usually goes, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I wanted to say mention one thing. Um, we had new neighbors move in. Oh, really? And I've never experienced this before. And I don't know if you've ever done it before, either, Burke, but they gave us a present of cling film cling film they gave us a present of cling film for uh cling or film is saran, like saran, saran wrap saran wrap well yeah. we, that's what we call it in the u.s actually a saran wrap oh you call it saran wrap oh, yeah. I, I didn't know that or like uh something else too but uh yeah what did you call it cling, uh, cling it, film cling film cling film because <laughs> it clings to things right. very yeah. securely it makes sense but yeah i think that's uh, another one of those british english american english things yeah so i remember yeah <laughs> that was the, the present that was the present and i remember my missus telling me and i was completely shocked i was like that's very impersonal and uh i, w- I was a bit shocked by that of course but my missus wasn't she was like yeah it's quite normal for 
when you're moving into somewhere for uh, to give the neighbors, the new neighbors, cling film. It's quite oh. a common gift. Oh, cling film is common, she was saying. Yeah. Well, I've heard, uh, well, I mean, toilet paper and stuff like that, I've heard is pretty common. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you not heard that? No, no. Oh, really? So then I suggested, uh, well, why don't they give us tinfoil? <laughs> and she was like, no, people don't give tinfoil. Yeah, really? <laughs> I was like, well, what's the real difference between cling film and tinfoil? There's not much of a difference. Yeah, I guess not. I and mean, I think yeah. tinfoil would probably be better because it's a bit more solid. Uh, might That's last funny. longer. It's silver. Yeah, it's a little bit like shinier. Viable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I was thinking the best type of gift uh, when you move in is maybe just like sweets or something, just like you kind of take when you go meet somebody at their house. Uh, but I was told that yeah, like household uh, things are used around the house are actually what most people give. So then somebody told me uh, toilet paper. They suggested toilet paper as a gift. Actually, I think I received toilet paper in my last apartment. What, like one roll? <laughs> don't 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 <laughs> you need this uh no it was like uh, a large package of pretty decent two-ply toilet paper i would guess wrapped yeah it was still wrapped uh not used or anything, thankfully no I, I mean like gift wrapped no no <laughs> because ours was gift wrapped oh really yeah <laughs> so you were quite excited until you opened it yeah. and then you thought it was a gag gift yeah, or something exactly it was like it's april fools or something <laughs> well how old are they too? uh they were a young couple like not not a family but uh, a youngish but actually we didn't meet them but they hung the gift on the door of our of our apartment because we weren't there at the time so we actually haven't met them face to face yet but they, did they leave a note they left a note yeah okay. yeah and so uh my wife suggested us to go back there and give them a gift and introduce ourselves and then that's when i suggested let's give them tinfoil and she's like no you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> well see that's the thing about giving gifts in japan there's there's a lot of thought that goes into it because you don't want to give something too nice because then the person will feel obligated to give something very nice back to you. So that kind of makes sense a little bit about the uh, cling film, as you call it, because <laughs> it's like they're not expecting too much back in return. So have you given stuff before to uh, new neighbors? No, actually, when we moved into this building, because uh, we just moved in last year, uh, we went and we bought stuff, but we didn't really know like what people in this, in this building were going to be like the last building we moved into, uh, we gave everyone a gift and we also gave everyone a gift when our daughter was born to kind of like apologize for all the noise that was probably going to take place from there on after. Um, but this place, we weren't really sure, you know, if people were going to be friendly or whatever, cause it was a new building and everybody was moving in at the same time. Uh, so we kind of, we went and bought suites and then we were just holding on to them and waiting to see if anybody else would give gifts. And nobody else gave gifts. So our suites just ended up, uh, man, I don't even know where they are. They're probably still in the closet or something. Well, your daughter probably ate them all. <laughs> yeah, she found them, <laughs> discovered them, and got rid of them. At least, as long as somebody used them. But yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so we did give gifts at our last apartment. Uh, so yes, I have given gifts before. So kind of like useful household uh kind of things or cookies uh we went for edible. the cookie route yeah see I, th I think that would be more acceptable but yeah cling film i don't know it doesn't uh doesn't go well with me <laughs> was your i mean was your wife happy though that yeah yeah happy? she wasn't surprised at all yeah but i was like cling film yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i guess it's the thought that counts yeah, so. yeah. yeah it's a big thing but yeah. uh yeah what are we doing you, you were mentioning about the italian restaurant i was gonna say uh, we spent our last uh, weekend of the Obon down in uh, Tanuki Koji because it's, it was like supposed to be the Tanuki Koji festival going on right now. Um, uh. And in a normal year, like that place is just packed. It's really fun, like during the day and during the evening. Uh, we went down there and like all the streamers are up, all of the decorations and up, everything are up for the. Uh, for the uh festival but yeah obviously there's not as many people there it's still a good local vibe because there's you know a lot of at least enough people up out there that you kind of feel like that uh, maybe they're local people but i mean it's just not packed like it usually is there's not people traveling from all over japan i don't think maybe a few people uh but there's obviously no overseas tourists and stuff so it was a pretty mellow vibe and uh we were down there and uh we got lunch also at an italian place but it was a it was a hotel restaurant, um, just because it was like the first place we saw when we were tired from walking around. <clears throat> Is that the one down to Nukikoji? That's kind of got like an open 
uh, the, like the the big windows that open up onto the the walkway, the arcade. It could be. I don't want to say yes or no, just because I'm going to say that the food was uh, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. it's definitely the place I'm thinking about. Then. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but as after as soon as the food came, and I was like, "What is this?" My wife was like. We were eating in a hotel restaurant. Like, what do you expect, you know? This isn't going to be too fast. I think the one you're talking about has actually got quite a high rating on uh, on Google. Like, if you search it on Google, it comes up. Um, and it's actually quite a high rating. Because I remember I, a long time ago, I was looking for Italian restaurants in that area. And I just Googled Italian restaurants. And that came up. It's like 4.5 or something, which is quite high. Um, yeah, but it didn't say that it was a hotel restaurant it just had the rating and then some people comment in um mainly tourists not local people saying oh how good the food was oh, really? so i took a <laughs> i took a date there <laughs> based on that review <laughs> and then we kind of sat down for a bit and then i was just like let's go somewhere else <laughs> oh so you didn't even order no no oh, I, right. I, we ordered a drink we ordered a drink oh. and then i kind of looked around and was like yeah this isn't what i was expecting and um and I said, yeah, let's go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, we had uh, some food. Some of it looked like it had just been m- maybe warmed up or something. Uh, and, you know, every place does not need to ha- serve food that looks like the pictures. <laughs> but they have to serve something that kind of resembles the pictures. And this was just nothing like the pictures. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just the season. Maybe they're cutting down on costs. Uh, because of the whole coronavirus situation and uh, not expecting a lot of visitors. But, yeah, maybe it's better during the normal season. I would try it again, maybe. Mm. Did you uh, did you see any animals around? <laughs> yeah, animals? Uh, I did not. But the day before that, we did see a lot of animals because we had gone to the uh, Mardiyama Zoo. Oh, right. Again. Yeah. <laughs> you like you like that zoo, right? Yeah, I'm getting called. Out. <laughs> uh, man, you know, I have to say I am a little bit torn about zoos because in my heart I am against zoos. But man, my daughter just seeing her getting out of the car and getting excited about being able to see giraffes and lions and hippopotamus and everything, you know, it's tears a little bit. Of, you know, I'm torn a little bit about how to feel. I mean, I still think I'm very much against them. I mean, especially after kind of learning a little bit more uh, reading up uh, this week about zoos in Japan and stuff. But mm. how, how about you? Where do you stand on zoos? Um, I'm the same as you, man. I don't like zoos at all. And I remember the first time I had that kind of feeling. I was, I guess I was quite young, probably around 12, and I went to London Zoo with my auntie. And I remember her just kind of telling me how bad these animals were being treated. We, we saw some giraffes, um, and they looked really sad, and they're you know their dens that they were kept in were very messy smell of obviously you know giraffe shit and yeah it wasn't a pleasant place to hang out and then after that every zoo i went to i noticed the same thing just over and over again um japan i think mariama zoo is not as bad as the ones i've seen and actually um i found this ranking online and a top 10 ranking, and Mariama comes up at number 10 in Japan, top 10 zoos. Yes, well, you may know that uh, I dated a girl who used to work in uh, City Hall, and uh, this was uh, many years ago, not too many years ago, maybe, uh, I don't know, six or seven or eight or something, but she said the former mayor um, <clears throat> was really big on Mariama Zoo, and uh, he recognized that it could be a very good uh have very good drawing power for overseas visitors uh so he initiated like a lot of investment into the zoo so that zoo itself has improved dramatically um over the past uh probably six eight years or something maybe actually it started around 2008 when they started really to start investing but the first time i went to the zoo was like when i first got to support on like 2002 2003 a girl wanted to go on a date there zoos are very popular place for dates because they are so cheap cheap in japan and we'll probably get into that later but if you want to see like how bad the zoo used to be compared to how it is now look at the penguin exhibition because the penguin exhibition or the penguin space is still one space in the zoo that has not yet been updated 
and it's just pitiful to see like the penguins in that situation. But they've really put tons of money into redoing the zoo. Obviously, it's not going. It's still not where it could be or should be. But Mariama Zoo, yes, I can understand why it might be in the top rankings within Japan. Well, the last time I went to Mariama Zoo was about three years ago, and I remember one thing that made me really sad was the the lion exhibition. And I was looking at this placard, 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 <laughs> just another British, <laughs> you know, like a sign that oh. describes the animal. Placard, placard. You yeah. just don't call it a plaque. Uh, isn't well, a plaque is a short for a placard. Oh, is it? Isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm learning everything every day. It could be. I don't know. Man. But the the description of the lions was oh, there's there's this couple of lions here. They've been friends for years and. Uh, they're very happy to be at the zoo, but the problem was there was only one of those lions there, and that lion was face down on top of this high rock, just like spread out, looked just completely depressed, like his heart been broken because his other mate wasn't there. So I was just wondering, this was two years ago, did they bring his friend back? I hope they did. <laughs> Bring back from the dead? You mean? Well, I don't know because I don't know. I don't know why he wasn't there. Like, oh, maybe... you mean like, is there two lions there now? Yeah, yeah. Because um, before there was just one, and I, I was wondering, oh, is is the other lion just sick and they've taken taken him out to take him to the hospital or something, or you know, or is he dead? <laughs> he's okay, Ben. Don't worry. He's all right. No, all right. To be honest, I've only seen one lion there. Uh, every time I've gone, I don't know, this could be like a Siegfried and Roy, uh, act going on. There could be two lions playing one role <laughs> at the zoo, hopefully. Um, I don't know, but I will say, I think as far as memory serves me, I've only seen one lion there. And even though the lion exhibit is one that they've tried to improve and, uh, you know, they've got like this spot called Pride Rock and it's supposed to be a lot more fun for the zoo. I mean, lions are just one of those animals that you see and you're like, this thing is not supposed to be by itself yeah yeah or in any type of like cage which is the other thing too about zoos they say that the big thing now is not to cage animals but to put animals in a habitat quote-unquote habitat so they try to um they try it used to be like how do we uh, get this animal to live in this cage but now apparently the thought behind designing zoos and stuff is how do we uh build the environment for the animal where they should be living and did you did you notice that in Mariama Park more so like less cages and more kind of habitats as you as you said before? Yeah, well, they're definitely trying to do that. Like uh, one good example is a polar bear example, is and that's another uh, habitat or area that you can look at because they still have like the old polar bear area, which is just like a swimming pool with like a few rocks around it, but now it's turned into this large. Uh, I can't remember how many square meters, but it's huge. Uh, they've got a place to run around, a large swimming pool area. Um, <laughs> they put them in, there's like a swimming area where the polar bears are. And also if you go underground, you can also see the sea lions like right, or seals right next to the polar bears. And they say like, you know, this is supposed to remind them that they're still in their kind of like their natural habitat. But I'm like, man, polar bears love to eat <laughs> seals, and you're just, like, cutting them off by this, like, glass paneling. Right. Is that good for them? Like, torturing them. Like, there's your food that you want, but you can't get it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But don't worry. You're in your natural habitat. Yeah. But the thing is, is, you know, I, I read up a little bit about Marty Zoo this week. Interestingly, it opened around 1951 on Children's Day, um, which is kind of uh, similar to, we were talking about the start of the Obon uh, celebration in Sapporo and also the beer garden. Everything kind of got started around the 1950s. And uh, I heard a lot of that is because of, there was a lot of obviously redevelopment that was going on after the war and stuff in Japan. Um, but it started because it was part of the traveling zoo. It was a traveling zoo for the Ueno Zoo, which is probably the most popular one in Japan. And uh, it was such a big hit that they started, they decided to build their own zoo for Sapporo uh, in Moriyama Koen. Uh, it's a total of 22.5 hectares. Interesting thing, they had trouble uh, trying to mate hyenas for several years until they discovered that they were trying to mate two male hyenas. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it is quite humorous, but apparently it is very difficult to uh, determine the sex of a hyena by its external genitalia. Uh, so they had to do uh, some X-rays and uh, and uh, what are they called? Uh, not CT scan, but MRIs to kind of. Uh, determine, and they discovered that they had two males. <laughs> um, here's a question: uh, Do you think the uh, Mardiama Zoo is uh, does well business wise? I think it does very well business wise, um, only because they have this. Uh, they have like a monthly pass that I think most people in support that I know actually have one. Um, I don't have one, but uh, but I know like a lot of my friends actually have one. We have one, <laughs> but it's actually not a monthly pass. It's a yearly pass, but it's only 1,000 yen. And uh, regular admission for adults is like 800 yen. Uh, children under high school age, high school age, I think is 400 yen. Under high school age is like free. Plus they give a discount to seniors. Um, and again, this is all part of trying to encourage business uh, to the gym or to the uh, zoo. In fact, though, you would not believe it, but the Mardiyama Zoo and actually most zoos in Japan operate at a huge loss. In fact, in 2018, total revenue for Mardiyama Zoo was 304 million, 340 million yen. So about, I don't know, one to one, 3.4 million dollars. But expenses were 1.6 billion yen. So about 16 million dollars. So revenue was 3.4 million dollars. Uh, expenses were 16 a uh, million dollars you can see they're operating a huge loss and you wonder why they can do this well actually most of the zoos in japan are owned by the municipality uh so it's basically paid by tax dollars uh all of the uh expenses are covered by tax dollars uh because again uh revenues from entrance fees are so low but this kind of goes back to the whole thing of they want to encourage people to go to the zoo and also uh, again, for supporter at least, they recognized that it was a large part of possible uh, generator for uh, overseas, uh, what's it called, Kanko, uh tourism. Mm. Yeah. It, it's kind of surprising why, if they're not so bothered about making money, why don't they spend more money on improving the the lifestyles of the animals in there? I could understand it if it was like a company that they want to cut costs, you know, keeping animals in small cages and tying them up in chains and making them sing and dance mm. stuff like that but they don't really do that at mariama right they don't have shows and um displays like in um where is it like in some aquariums they still have dolphin shows and whale shows um i think even in Ot otaru aquarium have you been to that one they have a dolphin show there yeah it's a <laughs> sad place yeah, yeah. I, I took a i took a date there to the Aquari uh, Otaru Aquarium a long time ago. And that one's better than the one in Shinsapura. Have you been to that one? No, no. So that's like a really small aquarium, and that is terrible. That's depressing. You walk in there, and the first thing I saw was basically a really dirty bath, a dirty bathtub. And I was like, what's this doing here? You know, like, why are they leaving bathtubs in, a, in, in an aquarium? And then I just noticed like this beaver just like started running around on in the bathtub and I was like, Oh man, this is like this is where they live and and from there it was just all downhill, just everything and the whole thing was just so depressing. Um yeah, it's an aquarium in Shinsaporo, it's very close to a subway station, a shopping mall. Um, but I don't recommend going there. Yeah, I hate to say it, but actually Otaru Aquarium, that was kind of when I thought uh, last time I was there, and I was like, "This is just a bunch of large bathtubs for like these huge turtles, or even the dolphins there. Like their area is quite small. You know, I, it's hard for us to talk about all this because we're not obviously uh, zoo experts or aquarium experts. We're not Japanese, uh, so you know, I don't know what exactly what the thought is going on in those businesses and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it's always difficult to go see it. But you know, that was the interesting thing. I went to uh, Thailand." Uh, with the Japanese girlfriend. And uh, it was actually pretty soon after we had started dating, we just uh, were able to line up our vacation time easily. And uh, we took a trip to Thailand. And uh, I was like, great, we're here. Like, what do you want to do? And uh, she was like, oh, I want to go ride the elephants. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, we're not going to ride elephants. <laughs> and she was like, what are you talking about? I love riding elephants. 
And I was like, all right, I know we just started dating. I'm not going to get in a fight. This isn't going to be our first fight. This isn't going to be about elephants in Thailand. So I tried to talk about it with her very calmly. I was like, you know, I mean, because this girl loved animals, but yet she wanted to go ride the elephants. And I was like trying to reason out, how can you love animals, but you want to go ride the elephants? And she was like, yeah, that's a very American way of thinking. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? She was like, well, most Americans kind of have that thought in their head that like these places are bad or like mistreatment of uh, elephants and everything. She was like, yeah, it's just a very American way of thinking. I was like, that's not an American way of thinking. I was like, that's a world way of thinking, isn't it? So to be honest, like I, I know they're out there. I know there are Japanese people that are very sensitive about the treatment of animals and, and, uh, and whatnot. But to be honest, I've probably met more Japanese people that are, they just have a very different way of thinking about it. I mean, have, what's your experience with that? Yeah, well, also, I found an article, and um, it was more of an opinion piece, um, but the person uh, was basically writing that um, Japanese, a lot of Japanese people consider animals as uh, non-sentient beings, so that, you know, they don't have feelings. And so that's why uh, they're quite happy to go to zoos, and be entertained by animals. They they see them more as uh, spectacles rather than, uh, yeah, sentient beings like like us. So um, especially you can see that in pets, how the Japanese people uh, treat their pets. Like some people, they use them as like fashion um, accessories. They dress them up in clothes. You know, like I've never seen that before. I came to Japan of dogs wearing shoes, and you know some with like baseball caps and stuff i've seen shoes and like some sweaters and stuff to keep them warm during winters and stuff but never seen <laughs> baseball caps yet but like they don't they don't need sweaters and shoes right they're, they're animals they're made they're made to survive in conditions like that and they shouldn't be carried around in prams and push chairs in the park like treat like humans and that's that's another thing that's very noticeable in japan is they try to humanize animals like you see it in on TV, they always have these animal shows where they're always, oh, it's, it's so cute. This cat is waving like a human being. It's, this bear is riding a bicycle like a human, you know, and they're trying to, like, humanize them, which is kind of the opposite of what they should be doing with animals is treat them like animals, not like humans, because that's um, probably detri detrimental to their, their health and their livelihood. Apparently, I, I found some other information that in the in the shelters uh if the animals aren't claimed or rehomed within seven days of them being given there they get a they get gassed oh wow and they get mass gassed within seven days yeah five to seven days to be rehomed and uh and the reason is because there's so many unwanted animals and pets there so they need the space to give to other unwanted animals that keep on coming. So a lot of, you know, stray dogs and cats get sent there to be put down, basically. Well, I will say that I do, I have met some people, Japanese people, <clears throat> and also foreigners in Japan, uh, who were dog owners, and they specifically uh, got rescue dogs. Um, but it this is really something that we should probably get a Japanese uh, person's opinion on directly sometime because it's just hard to understand um, how the Japanese can be very, very, you know, compassionate about people, others. There's kind of a mentality about that. But when it comes to animals, you do have a lot of these uh, issues that come up that are very much in conflict uh, with places overseas, such as the uh, Taiji dolphin hunt. Interestingly enough, I saw a, a documentary that was uh, produced by a Japanese television show that was kind of the counter view to The Cove. Did you ever see The Cove? I did see The Cove, yeah. It was pretty shocking. Yeah, and disturbing, right? Yeah. Uh, this one was uh, produced by a reporter uh, for the TV station, and they and she grew up in Taiji and was basically saying that all these foreigners over the years had basically destroyed the local culture, um, which is an opinion that you hear quite often. And uh, they really tried to push in the documentary, uh, and it was uh, it was a very good point actually that a lot of these older fishermen, uh, that's all they've learned, that's all they've known. I mean, it was very 
good on one side to hear about how much uh, the business uh, for hunting dolphin and everything had gone down there. Um, but at the same time, these men's livelihood had also suffered uh, very dramatically. What are they supposed to do if they, you know, are like in their 50s, 60s, and uh, all they know is fishing or hunting dolphin or whatever, and then all of a sudden they don't have any way of making any money again? What are they supposed to do, you know? learn to code <laughs> as it was brought up one time. I don't know that in itself too, is another one of those difficult topics. It's just kind of hard to wrap your head around growing up in Western culture. But again, it's just something that people feel obviously very different, differently about yeah. here in Japan. I think especially in that area, what was it? Taiji. Taiji. So I remember like asking a lot of my Japanese friends about that and, yeah, none, none of them have eaten dolphin before. And I think it's only kind of quite specific to that area. Right. Um, which I don't think was made quite clear in the documentary, which was why it was so controversial. And there's a lot of Japanese people speaking out saying, oh, it's not the whole of Japan. It's just this kind of small area. But um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of countries that have actually banned solitary com uh, captivity of, of dolphins, not not including Japan, unfortunately. Um, and not many places in America, only California um, and New York. And I think there's one other area in America that's banned um, captivity of dolphins. The UK has, uh, India, Canada, uh, among other countries, China. But um, yeah, I think more countries are slowly doing it. Canada was quite recent. I think it was like last year sometime. So that's hopefully going to spread. Another thing which um, is really bad about uh, the zoos in Hokkaido, especially the, the bear zoos. Have you seen some of the bear zoos? I haven't. I've heard about those, and those I will not go to. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, they're apparently supposed to be bear sanctuaries, um, and basically there's a, a huge pit with a bunch of bears. And usually bears are kind of solitary animals, so they they get kind of quite anxious and aggressive when they're around other bears. So you'll go to these zoos and there'll be five or six bears in this pit, quite a small pit covered in their feces and, and people are uh, encouraged to throw food at them. And, you know, uh, there's one place that they've been sold as like the waving bear. So they'll like wave uh, almost in a, you know, they're basically begging for food. So I think that's their way of, asking for food and people throw food at them and and they wave and people oh yeah look at them they're waving like humans and they've obviously been trained trained to do that and probably have not been fed so there are a lot of uh people commenting like um travelers that go to visit that place you can find a lot of articles online and photos of people saying just how bad it is um so yeah i'd you know just avoid that stuff i think you know until they kind of improve their facilities somehow but i think those ones they they're probably more of a uh, a com company owned rather than uh, owned by the city by the local government or yeah. something yeah well it's uh it's interesting because i read that uh most zoos are actually governed by urban park laws so the animals are considered property uh similar to just like a bench in a park or something <laughs> so under the law the animal just has to be able to live in its habitat, it sounds like, and it doesn't take into account the psychological well-being of the animals, which is, you know, you go to some of these zoos and you see the animals behaving, and there's obviously something wrong up in their head because they're just kind of walking back and forth. I mean, I hate to say it, but the zoo, the polar bear at the Mariama Zoo, like, does this thing where it, like, walks up to the edge of the water and then it turns around and walks away, walks up to the edge of the water. My daughter was sitting there watching it. She's like, oh, it's going to jump in the water. And then, oh, it didn't jump. Oh, it's going to jump in the water. Oh, and it didn't jump. And it was just like this very strange behavior. But I will say uh, on that note, and I don't want to complain or badmouth things too much. But have you ever been to the uh, Safari Park? I can't remember the name of it out in the Jozanke area. This is uh, probably the worst out of all of them, isn't it? North, yeah. North Safari. Yeah, that that is the one. The, uh, what's it called? Northern Safari Park? North yeah. Safari. I mean, I don't want to hurt their business or anything, you know, but, uh, I mean, a little bit I do. But, man, you go to that place, and that's got to be, like, the worst zoo on the, the face of the earth. I mean, I don't understand how that place does not get shut down somehow. 
Have, have you been there before? I got tricked into going there because it was called a safari park. And I was like, oh, oh, this is kind of like an outdoor situation, maybe like the San, San Diego uh, safari park. I think it was a safari park in San Diego that I also, also I saw a, I saw a picture on their website um, just for research from this. So I was found a, on their website, the North Safari Park, and they had a picture of an exhibition where I think it was it was over a monkey – or it was uh, some kind of animal, and there was a hole, and that animal would put their hand through the hole. I don't know if it was, like, kept there the whole time, but then people would come around and touch that animal's hand. Yeah, like it's basically food begging food. I think it's, I think it's like, an otter or something, or something. Yeah, yeah, that's animal, it. Yeah, it that. That. yeah, yeah, and that's just, like, obviously messed up, man. It's like begging for food. But that place, the living conditions... The size of the cages for the animals are the smallest I've ever seen probably anywhere. But they've got like a lot of rare birds in this one location. And uh, you go there and the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, all these birds are just kind of staying here, like standing on their perches. And there's like seriously like 25, 30 birds or something. And then got a little bit, a little bit closer and like all of them are cha- obviously like shackled to the perch with some kind of wiring and like ankle bracelet. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, they can't fly away. And it's like, they're just sitting there, like, for who knows how long, like, and I, I don't even know where their shelter was, you know? It's yeah. just unbelievable, unbelievable. Man. And, I mean, people are obviously going there. So it's almost like the, like we were talking about before, how the Japanese people see animals differently from, I guess, well, definitely me and you. But, um, yeah, I mean, there was one time uh, I, I was stopped off at this car park driving somewhere with with my friends and there was a huge kind of commotion going on um and there was this woman with a monkey and and she was doing like a monkey show so the monkey was chained by its neck and she was giving it peanuts for for doing things but there was like this huge crowd of people like gathered around watching and Everyone seemed like they're having a good time, you know. Um, the monkey was doing some very impressive tricks, but it, it just didn't feel right. It didn't sit right with me, and I was like, "Man, we can't, we can't watch this stuff." And I was with my Japanese friends, and they all wanted to see it, and they were cheering along. and And there was one point where this monkey had to do this pretty tough trick. It was like standing on this single beam, and then it had to flip through a hoop, and then land on another beam opposite so it's yeah it's it looked it looked pretty challenging and the monkey the first time it couldn't do it it like flipped through the hoop and then landed on its ass or something and then the, the owner like went down to his oh daijoubu daijoubu <laughs> And then she started clapping, was like, Gambare, Gambare. And everyone around was like, Gambare, Gambare, Gambare. And then just forced the monkey to do it again. And the, the, the monkey screwed up again. Oh, man. And then luckily after, I think she made him do it one more time and he couldn't do it. And she was like, oh, Deju, Deju. And then gave him a peanut. Yeah, really. and, then, uh, and then everyone like clapped really loudly anyway because he tried so hard. And then, yeah, at the end, she you know, went around and got money from other people and stuff but yeah i was uh, i was pretty much disgusted yeah spectacle i mean i don't i just i don't understand i mean the thing is is you know we'd like to have a japanese person come on and talk about it or maybe there's even a foreign person out there who knows a lot more about zoos in japan than we do but you know i'm i'm more i'm thinking even a japanese person maybe they won't uh they won't even understand where we're coming from and they'll have a difficult time explaining it because for them it could just be very natural, like, this is how animals are treated. They're not humans, just like you said. Mm. They're not sentient beings. So why are Americans always making such a big fuss about something <laughs> that is nothing? Yeah. And it's quite yeah. sad because, I don't know if you know, but where do you think uh, Japan ranks in terms of the number of zoos in the country worldwide? The no- other number of zoos yeah. in the country? Ooh. Compared to other countries around the world. Where do you think Japan ranks? In the ranking. How, <laughs> how many countries are in this ranking? I think this includes all countries <laughs> all right. in the world. Yeah. Okay, I would say... Oh, man. Having the most zoos. Yeah. Okay, so top 10? Yep. Definitely top, top 5? Yep. Ooh, number 4? 
Close. Number three. Number three. Yeah, the U.S. is number one. And here we are. <laughs> here I am, like, talking about Japan. The U.S. is number one for zoos. <laughs> Maybe I don't really have too much room to speak, obviously, anymore. U.S. and China and Japan, in terms of the number of zoos, oh. uh, Japan ranks third, but Japan ranks number one per capita for number of zoos. Wow. I have this thing I found online, and it's called uh, The Animal in You. This is a quiz to uh, determine what kind of animal you are. Uh-oh. So, this is a 10-question quiz. Are you ready to find out what animal you are? I think so. And then when we're finished, I, I, I did this earlier, so I'll tell you what animal I am. I was very surprised All right. <laughs> of my result. Does this, this tell you what animal you are in the wild or what animal you are in the zoo? Uh, <laughs> this is a good question. Let's. Uh, it says, um, "I'm gonna what, say, I'm what gonna... is your animal spirit?" Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Question one: How physically big are you? So you have five options. Mm. Uh, I guess this is starting from smallest to biggest. I'm quite small and petite. I'm smaller than most, but sturdily built. I'm about average size overall. I'm somewhat bigger than most people, and I'm extra large and in charge. <laughs> so I'm guessing, I want to say for you, Burke, you are, it's, it's, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the one below average size. I mean, I don't know. I'm 5'7". I'm, uh, I'm not too heavy. I'm probably uh, like 68 okay. kilos. So let's say I'm smaller than most, but sturdily built. Yeah. How about that? That sounds okay. good. All right. Next one. How aggressive are you? Yeah, that's a ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the 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 first one is beginning from meekest to most aggressive. I'm I'm guessing I avoid confrontations and accommodate others as much as possible. Definitely not Burke. Let's go. Let's start from the other end. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a very forceful person. Don't mess with me. Uh, above that one, I'm a little hot headed, but I'm working on it. The middle one, I take a middle ground and I only react aggressively when a situation clearly calls for it. Mm. I would say 20-year-old and 30-year-old Burke is probably the first or second one you said. Uh, current Burke is probably that last one you said. What was it? Um, I take a middle ground and I only react aggressively when a situation clearly calls for it. Yeah. All right. Current Burke is right there. Let's yeah. go for that one. Sociability. Soci sociability. Uh, let's start with... The most sociable. I am extremely outgoing and can function with all types of people. I'm pretty outgoing and I'm comfortable socializing with all group sizes. Number three, I prefer the company of small groups of friends. And lastly, I'm generally self-contained and keep mainly to myself. I'm going to say probably number three. I prefer the company of small groups of friends. Yeah, All right. Although on the weekend, I am probably one or two. <laughs> <laughs> After a few beers. <laughs> Special. All right. This one. How attractive do you think you are? Uh, this might be off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute. So, let's, uh, I'm attractive and turn heads. Mother nature was kind. That's most attractive. Number two. I'm sure I'm above average looking since I'm often called cute or handsome. Three, I consider myself average looking. Four, I'm not overburdened by beauty, but have a few attractive features. And lastly, I'm quite a plain John. Nothing special to see here. Yeah, again, if we're talking about 20-year-old Burke, I think there would be a head-turner uh, qualifier there. But uh, yeah, currently, what was it, like average? Average. You consider yeah. yourself average looking. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm, I'm quite surprised. It's not been too good to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I consider myself average looking. This is, again, before a couple beers. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question five. Creativity. Creativity. There's only three options here. I'm definitely an out-the-box creative and love creating art in all its forms. Number two, I'm pretty good at coming up with new creative ideas. And lastly, I'm not one for writing songs, books, or painting. I color within the lines. Yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, yeah, probably number – I wish it were number two. It's probably more number three lately. Really? Yeah. I, thought, I, I remember you said you used to write – 
a little bit a while back. Yeah, well, when I was writer. younger again, like, you know, I had, I was playing a lot of musical instruments. Uh, yeah, I wanted to be a writer at one point. But again, maybe it was after I came to Japan and started working in a Japanese company. <laughs> I think most of creativity has been killed. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to uh, bring it back since we started the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to say... Uh, probably number two. Just give, give myself the benefit of the, of the doubt. All right. All right. Okay, next one. Question six. Selflessness and cooperation. So what's your philosophy of cooperation? Again, there's only three here. Uh, first one. Someone has to look out for number one. Call me selfish, but a friend in need is a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> number two. I'm cooperative and willing to help friends in need, but I have my own life too. And last one, I'm very compassionate and usually put the needs of friends and family above my own. I think if you were to ask my wife, she would say, number one, <laughs> very <laughs> selfish. Uh, but I think probably between two or three, uh, just to make it interesting, uh, let's say three. Three. I, I think you're very compassionate, Burke. I know. Really? I just know, especially on nights out, You uh, <laughs> after a few drinks, you end up kind of paying for the rest of the night <laughs> which i like <laughs> yeah i gotta stop doing that <laughs> all right number seven here we go how intelligent are you so here we have four options all right uh most intelligent i have a bit of a nerd streak and love intellectual talent challenges i score pretty high on jeopardy <laughs> number two i enjoy reading and watching documentaries and discussing life's important issues Three, I may not be the brightest crown in the box, but I'm nobody's fool. And lastly, I try not to think too much about things. It makes my head hurt. Mm. I would say I'm probably between two and three. Again, just to make it interesting, mm. let's go for number two. Really? I'd, I'd put you uh, between one and two, I think. Not Not one? A, a close one. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, uh, I appreciate that. You, I mean, you are the fact guy on the podcast. Yeah, but uh, nobody's ever actually fact-checked all my facts, so <laughs> <laughs> you're just buying what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, so we're going for number two. Yeah. I, yeah enjoy reading, I enjoy reading and watching documentaries and discussing life's important issues. Yeah, I don't want to sound right. like a know-it-all, but... Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It definitely wasn't number three, so let's say number two. All right, we've got uh, three more questions. How athletic are you? This is only three. I love physical activity and don't feel comfortable unless I have at least two workouts a week. Number two, I like to keep fit, but it's not my top priority. And three, I occasionally watch exercise on TV. Does that count? <laughs> uh, definitely number one. I'm definitely number one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. How often do you work out? Uh, more than twice a week. More than sure. twice a week. Yeah. All right. Two more questions. Travel and exploration. So again, three options. I love traveling to exotic locales. Two, I enjoy day trips and going away for long weekends. Vacations are for relaxing. And three, I'm a homebody and enjoy staying close to home. I like to say number one, but it's just not true. It's probably number two. Yeah, I think that's the same for me. Yeah. And all right, last question, number 10, impulsiveness. So this again, three options. Uh, number one, I'm always deliberate and cautious. Two, I'm pretty thoughtful, but there's room for improvement. And three, I admit that I'm more impulsive than I should be, but it makes for great adventures. <laughs> I was. I think children having a child has changed me. Uh, so I'm gonna go number one on that one. Number one. I'm yeah. always deliberate and cautious. All right. How about before your uh, your daughter came along? Probably three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the results are tallying up, and you are. Any guesses where you are? Uh, probably a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> you are a penguin. A penguin. A penguin. Oh and uh, let's see. Penguin? penguin characteristics: witty, meticulous, intelligent, dual-natured, self-conscious. Mm. And there's a little summary of the penguin personality. Now you see it. Now you don't. Aggressive yet gentle. Outgoing but shy. Stable yet flighty. Everyone sees the penguin in a different way. It's that black and white thing. 
The penguin only reveals the side that it wants to you to see. So whether you like this darling devil or not, you have to concede that it's a fascinating and enigmatic individual. Man, I'm going to have to say, <clears throat> me personally, that was probably the most disappointing result <laughs> I've ever had in a quiz. But I think my daughter is going to love the fact that I'm a penguin. So I'm quite happy. I'm did quite you happy. Did you agree with uh, any of those descriptions? Uh, I guess a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, based on what I was giving as answers. Yeah. Did you yeah. take this as well? I'm sure I you took did. it. I took yeah, it. I'm curious to hear uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you think my animal <laughs> is or what animal I should be? Well, I hope there was a broad range of animals in here. It's a huge there? range, huge range. Uh, I don't think you'd be able to guess it. Uh, okay. Not what you would expect. Can and I was, I, I was disappointed. Tell you that. <laughs> Can you give me like three, and I'll guess which one it was. <laughs> oh, three. Okay, we have a bear, a badger, or a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the beaver. The beaver. Yes, I am a beaver. And what is the description of the beaver? Beavers are the workaholics of the animal world, mm. and no animal personality places more emphasis nor derives more self-esteem than beavers do from their careers. Mm, don't really agree with that one. They can be found at all levels of the working world, though they perform best in unsupervised positions that require serious responsibility. This makes them ideal for roles as ship captains, naval officers, judges, accountants, or bank managers. As a handy person, they have no equal. If you ask to fix a chair... They'll build one from scratch. I will say, I'm gonna say that some some of that does does uh, does match you. I think, but I'm gonna say you must have obviously not answered very honestly. <laughs> Actually, my answers were not that dissimilar from yours. Oh, Probably really? about two thirds were the same. The same. You, yeah. So the beaver and the penguin. The, but uh, I mean, uh, the first thing, first and foremost, the guy who still has another month left of like vacation, <laughs> yeah. and yet is the most hardworking. Actually, you are doing quite a bit, even though yeah, you are involved in quite a bit. So yeah, okay, okay. But I'm definitely not a handy person. I can't even build up a, a shelf that has instructions to to tell you how to do it <laughs> well i maybe listeners will be curious to see what animals they are so yes maybe we'll yeah what, for this. what was the the website uh it was called uh i'll have to find it later but yeah uh, at animal in you.com thank you very much uh for joining us again on uh, this week's episode uh please continue supporting the podcast uh, we've been getting a lot of support lately. Uh, a lot of people, I guess, have been uh, letting their friends know, which we definitely appreciate because that's the word of mouth is always the best way to spread the news about the podcast. Check us out on social media. Uh, please consider giving us a donation so we can help grow the show and improve the show more and more. And, uh, yeah, anything else? Uh, yeah, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, yeah, and that, that donation, if you do make one, will help us to get us a, a new third mic because that's what we're planning to do a third microphone for our guests improve the quality of our shows and uh, improve the quality for for you guys yeah unfortunately our lav mics uh, we've run into some technical difficulties and it would be much better anyways if we used a, a high quality mic for our guests as well so thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you again next time goodbye goodbye